supply chain issues relate back to consumer demand. So everyone's locked up in their house for two years. Then all of a sudden we all get out and we want things. We want to eat in restaurants. We want to travel. I mean, an example is travel has uh, now recovered to the point where it exceeds pre-pandemic levels. More folks want to get on a plane. They want to travel. It's going to become more expensive. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. All right, everyone's talking about inflation. We thought 3% was bad. We thought 5%, 6%, and now we're seeing some numbers that I quite frankly can't even believe. I'm here with the person that not only knows how to spell inflation, which I can't, but <laughs> knows all the, the stats uh, behind uh, what's making inflation, what's, what's to come, because I'm pretty sure the White House is not very optimistic even what we can expect in the future. So uh, Harry Stout, you've written tons of books. You're super connected. You do a ton of research. I appreciate you coming on the show and breaking down the current inflation that we're experiencing in 2022 in mid-April. So with that, here we go. Yeah, let me see if I can frame this for your audience in a very good way, Caleb. When you look at inflation, it's, um, it's the sum total of about 15 to 20 different elements new car prices, used car prices, energy costs, food, airline tickets. So when you, when you look at the calculation of inflation, it's made up of these, let's say for sake of argument, these 30 elements. I don't know, I specifically, I can't, don't know off the top of my head how many elements there are, but say that there's, let's say there's 30 for right now. So when they come up with an eight and a half percent number, which is what they did for last month, March of 2022, that's a big number, largest number in uh, over 40 years. And so there's a group of people that are looking at all the elements that make up inflation and they're saying, well, it's going to come down because new car, you know, new car prices are up, used car prices are up because people couldn't buy new car prices, fuel costs are up and they think maybe they're going to go down over time, heating costs for your home, natural gas prices are up, potentially they'll go down. So there's a school of thought for people saying we've reached a peak. And there's been some criticism of those people who are saying we've reached a peak. But and, and the reason that they've concluded that is they've said, look, of these 30 elements, I can see a lot of those trended downward. Maybe if they're, they're at their highest levels right now. There's another school of thought of people saying, well, wait a minute. We've got a war going on in the Ukraine. We've got uh, COVID lockdown in China that's going to impact the supply chain and the manufacture of goods. And you have all these energy initiatives that are coming through where we want to do a lot of things to improve the environment. We don't see energy going down anytime soon. We don't see supply chain issues being better. And we, we see all this global uncertainty because of what's going on in the Ukraine. So that group of folks are saying, they're basically concluding, they're very uncertain. And they say they see inflation heading higher or staying at this level for a while. So I think you've got two schools of thought there. Recently, Caleb, in my reading and conversations I've had, there is a middle ground of folks that are saying we're probably going to be in for a three and a half to four and a half percent long-term rate of inflation over, over, say, the next three to five years. We're not going to get back down to the 2% that the Federal Reserve was targeting. You hear a lot, a lot about that in the financial media, the Fed wants 2%. But a lot of folks are saying maybe somewhere in that three and a half, four and a half percent may be our, our intermediate term rate of inflation, but not 8% or 9%. So just try to present to you, I think those are the various arguments that are out there and the rationale that people are sharing with respect to inflation. 
with that said, is inflation solely tied to the printing of money? Or is there other things that in, you know, I, when I think of inflation, I think of our money getting devalued and obviously the ripple effect, but you talked about supply chains and all this stuff. So is it possible to have inflation without printing of money? And was it the perfect storm of like, we're printing a ton of money and we got supply chain issues and that's a perfect storm for, for just prices uh, skyrocketing? Yeah, well, it, the supply chain issues relate back to consumer demand. So everyone's locked up in their house for two years, then all of a sudden we all get out and we want things. We want to, we want to eat in restaurants, we want to travel. I mean, an example is travel has uh, now recovered to the point where it exceeds pre-pandemic levels. More folks want to get on a plane, they want to travel, it's going to become more expensive. I mean, it's just, it's just supply and demand, more people want that particular issue. So. So I do think that inflation has to do with the printing of money. There's no doubt about it. But you've also had this huge demand, unusual once in a lifetime, at least demand that people have. They want, they want to travel. They want to buy certain things. So all of a sudden, everyone comes in. And with that demand happening, then people want to buy the goods. Supply chain can't supply them and can't keep up with consumer demand. So products are getting higher. I mean, look at automobiles. I mean, around the country, new cars, they, I was reading an article yesterday that uh, price uh, over sticker, uh, people are paying anywhere from 7 to 30% over sticker to get a new vehicle over manufacturer suggested retail price because they wanted the vehicle. Now, some car companies are saying, please don't do that. Others are saying, look, it's supply and demand. So if consumers want to pay it, let them pay it. So uh, I think you have a, a, a number of different factors there, demand related, as well as this ongoing printing of money. If you have more dollars chasing fewer goods, the price is going to go up. And um, I, I just hope for so many people, Caleb, I hope that people have gotten the lowest rate on their mortgages because that keeps their housing costs down. I mean, housing costs are up significantly around the country. Rents are up. Uh, rents are up significantly. Some of that has to do with COVID because a lot of landlords uh, could not evict non-paying tenants during the, during the, the top, top periods of, of the uh, pandemic. And they're trying to catch up now, right? They're trying to get back to where they were. So a lot of unusual factors at play here. So I think it's going to take a while for it all to settle down. But I, personally, I'm more and more an advocate of uh, this middle ground of this three and a half to four percent intermediate inflation. And that's kind of how I'm looking at my life and how I plan my expenditures and some of the decisions that I make. I think that's kind of be what we settle in for over the next, say, five years. As we as we wrap up this this segment, um, what is the call to action? Like we're we're gonna we're living with inflation. There's some some people that think we haven't even gotten started. I tend to agree with you. I don't I don't think we're gonna go back to the two percent, but I I think that it's it's not gonna stay at the eight eight and a half. I just I don't I don't see a world where that's sustainable. So do you see interest rates are gonna probably rise, which is gonna affect certain things like um, credit cards and mortgages and car loans. And so we're going to potentially see prices go down uh, if you believe that rates can correlate, like people are buying houses based on their payment, not the price. So that's one thing. Other, what are some other factors that you see that like in someone that's taking time to watch this or listen to this, what can they do today or this month to make sure that they're not overreacting, but being prepared for whatever's to come? Yeah, I think you carefully have to look at spending and make decisions about what's essential for your life, what you may want to pass on. 
you should maybe make decisions about maybe I'm going to put off the trip that I was going to take this year. I'll put it off to a, a different period of time. Uh, I think having an understanding of your spending, where where your dollars are going, and what the impact is on uh, of inflation on those dollars. Uh, I'll give you just a quick example. Average American household has 2.8 cars. Gas is going up. Insurance is going up, and so on. Could you live with 1.8? I'm saying to you, could you maybe cut a car? Because one, one less car is about $5,000 a year. And so there are decisions I think people are going to have to make based on their individual circumstances. But I think this gets back to more intentionally managing their money. They're going to have to do that during this period of time. Because the thing about inflation, and I think we've talked about this in a prior episode, it's the silent killer. It's like the silent tax. And if you don't pay attention to it, it can really seep into your cash flow and, and, and really have a negative impact on what goes on. My name is Caleb Williams. This is the Better Wealth Channel. We make videos on money, business, inflation, <laughs> and other money concepts to help you live more intentionally. Harry, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise. We'll put your contact info uh, down below where you can get his books, where you can check out his podcast and all the exciting things that he's doing. Um, inflation in, inflation staying. Uh, we don't know how high, but uh, make sure that you're being intentional and make sure that you can look ahead and say, okay, what are some of the things that are going to happen as a result of inflation? And how do, we, uh, how do we take advantage of that and actually benefit from that financially? Harry, thank you so much. Oh, you're quite welcome, Caleb. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.